Hello and welcome back to Sex Here and Now, the podcast dedicated to promoting sex positivity and inclusivity. As always, I am your host, Matt Lockman. I'm a licensed therapist who specializes in sexual health, sexual dysfunctions, and overall sex therapy. One thing to note, this podcast does contain language that some may find offensive. But with that being said, let's dive right in. So the other day, I decided to post an image on my official Instagram account about arousal non-concordance. By the way, the official Instagram account for this podcast is at sex underscore here and now pod. So if you're not following, I suggest you hit the follow button because I try to use this specific page as another way of promoting sex positivity and shattering misconceptions that are out in the world today. Anyways, I posted an image from Emily Nagoski's work on arousal non-concordance. Now, before I talk about arousal non-concordance, I want to point out that Ms. Nagoski's work is seminal in the sex therapy world. Her book, Come As You Are, is the first book I read on my journey to becoming a certified sex therapist. For my female listeners out there, and men who want to be woke about this topic, The book addresses the complexity of female sexuality and explains why there will never be an adequate female version of Viagra. Viagra is a male performance enhancing drug that increases blood flow to the penis and allows a man to not worry about sexual arousal, desire, or their low sex drive because the job is already done for them. Typically, Viagra is prescribed by doctors too soon and gives the patient permission to not worry about why they are having erectile disorder problems. They usually think, I will just take this pill and everything will be alright. For women, this is more intricate because low sexual desire can't be administered in a pill form. The drugs on the market today are adequate at best, but the side effects can be too much for people to take. Low sexual desire is something that needs to be addressed and understood before it gets any better. That is what Emily Nagoski talks about in her book. She truly dives into the uniqueness of female sexuality and breaks it down into its purest form to help her readers understand that what you think may be normal is just society telling you it is. Also, the audiobook has her reading it, so you get it firsthand from her mouth. Having said all this, that is what this episode is going to be all about. Understanding that sexual desire is unique to each person, and knowing that just because you are getting an erection or your vagina is getting wet does not mean you are turned on. So what is arousal non-concordance, and why am I spending an entire episode talking about it? Well, if I had to choose a definition, I would definitely choose the one Ms. Nagoski uses herself. Arousal non-concordance is the well-established phenomenon of a lack of overlap between how much blood is flowing to a person's genitals and how turned on they feel, or their subjective arousal. This is not something I was ever familiar with or even thought about before I started this journey. I began to think, so you are telling me that I can become aroused and not be turned on at all? That can't be right. But when you think about it, it makes complete sense. Our bodies are complex and respond in various different ways. Women, think about it. Has there ever been a time when you have been so turned on 
but your vagina isn't becoming stimulated or becoming wet is the popular term that is used. This is non-concordance, and it happens to men as well. But here, let's look at some basic research that has been conducted over the years in regards to this phenomenon. When it comes to a cis male's genital response and how turned on he feels, or his subjective arousal, there is about a 50% overlap. 50%! That means that half of the time, men get an erection when they are aroused. This pretty much holds up to what our society believes is true and the stereotypes that are formed around men. People say, I knew he was into me because I could feel his dick rubbing up against my leg. But one thing to note here is that just because a man has an erection does not guarantee that he is turned on. This could happen from unwanted stimulation, grabbing a man's dick or how the genitals are interacting with the fabric of his pants. Unwanted erections can come out of nowhere. At the end of the day, the overlap between male genital response and arousal is considered to be fairly high. Now let's talk some about cis women. This is exactly why Emily Nagoski wrote her book. The difference is staggering when it comes to arousal non-concordance between cis men and cis women. Listen to this. Let's see if you can guess. What percentage do you think there is an overlap between women's genital response and their subjective arousal? 30%? 70%? 20%? Well, the answer is, quite shockingly, 10%. Research finds that there is only a 10% overlap between when a woman tells you she is aroused and when her genitals are responding accordingly. I want to stick with this for a while because this is huge, especially when it comes to rape and sexual assault. Now, at this point in the podcast, I'm going to be talking about topics of sexual assault of men and women. So if this is not something you want to hear, I would suggest stopping the episode now. All right. So this topic comes up a lot in courtroom cases as a way to depict women as being a participating member in a sexual assault. Women who report being raped or sexually assaulted in any way sometimes report that they become wet and that their genitals respond while the assault is occurring. Now, to the unknowing individual, you would think to yourself, well, If she is getting wet, then she must be enjoying it, right? The thing is, the actual assault victims also believe this. They think that there must be something wrong with them if their vagina is becoming lubricated during the experience. But they are wrong, and now you know why. Arousal non-concordance. When you think about it, if I told you my mouth watered when I bit into an apple, that was wormy and rotten, would you think, well, if his mouth watered, he must be enjoying eating that wormy, rotten apple? Of course not. You know that salivation is just an automatic response. You'd believe me when I said, my mouth watered, and I was also totally grossed out. Genital response, too, is an automatic response. 
unrelated to whether or not you are enjoying something. You now know that there is only a 10% overlap in arousal response for cis women. So this can explain why the vagina was stimulated. It has nothing to do with the woman being assaulted at all. And this is why it is important to know this and why this phenomenon was so crucial to help all women receive justice for being assaulted. So for this mini break, I thought I would spend a few minutes talking about scheduled intimacy. Now you're probably thinking, what the hell? My sex life is great and my partner and I just want to be spontaneous. You may question, won't we lose the spark if we start scheduling sex? And the simple answer is no. When you think about it, wasn't sex scheduled in the beginning of your relationship? Well, maybe not all the time, but you would go and get all dolled up, shave your legs and shower, and prep yourself in any way just to go on a date in hopes that you would potentially hook up with the individual. You could have been the person who lived by the archaic notion of third date means sex. If so, you prepped your body like no one else to make sure that it was ready to go. That, my friends, is scheduled intimacy. Do you ever find that you have gone a few weeks without having intimacy with your partner? First, this is natural. Every couple goes through peaks and valleys in their sex life. But let's say you really want to have physical intimacy with your partner, but your schedules are just off and they don't line up and you have projects to work on or kids to look after. It can be exhausting. You can't expect spontaneity when there are so few openings. So instead, pick a day out of the week and make it the day you and your partner have sex. Let's say Wednesday. Every Wednesday, you two will make time for each other to be physically intimate. Now, that does not mean that you can't be spontaneous throughout the week and on those other days because you absolutely can, but just not on Wednesdays. Make Wednesday your day for each other. That way, you are always prepared and know that something you want will actually happen. Getting back into arousal non-concordance, I want to talk some about genital stimulation when talking about sexual assault. Now, I already covered why men and women can become stimulated when they are actually experiencing the assault. But what about the layperson who is just reading about it or listening to it on TV, the radio, or even a podcast? Individuals report that they can feel their genitals being stimulated when they are exposed to this material. If I can steal another piece from Emily Nagoski's groundbreaking work, 
She talked about how she was reading a post about an individual who was forcibly assaulted. In the article, the rape victim reported that the man took her from behind while he was performing the assault. Ms. Nagoski noticed that her genitals responded to the phrase, from behind. But why did this happen? It happens because of what we learned today. Sometimes things are sexually relevant, even when they're not even remotely appealing to you. Even when they're disgusting and horrifying. It happens to sex researchers all the time, and it might happen to you. What I hope you are taking away is that all it means is that the story is cueing the sexually relevant signals in your brain, which has nothing to do with whether or not it's sexually appealing. As I wrap up this episode, I wanted to end with this. Arousal non-concordance affects pretty much everyone. Experiencing non-concordance is a completely normal part of human sexuality. Our cultural understanding of desire has traditionally told us that we should want sex a lot, whatever that means, and that our bodies will naturally fall in line as soon as we get turned on. Arousal non-concordance reminds us that lots of people don't experience arousal and desire in such an integrated, linear fashion. That's normal. Arousal non-concordance is just one new framework for understanding desire. It might be super helpful for some, but resonate less for others. The main thing to take away here is that there are so many ways to experience arousal, attraction, and desire. Our current sexual culture doesn't do a good job of recognizing this diversity of experience. Here are some final thoughts. Go out and buy Emily Nagoski's book, Come As You Are, and read it. She has quizzes in there that can help you better understand yourself and what's sexually relevant to you and where you fall on the scale of arousal non-concordance. And also, if you are a person who is feeling very turned on, but your body is not getting the message, or vice versa, it's okay. Here are some pointers. Grab some lube. Yes, ladies, lube is not just for gay men. Remember your clitoris and take note of what gets you wet. That does it for this episode. As always, you can follow me on Instagram for more news and updates about the podcast at sex underscore here and now pod. Look at my website, sexherenow.com for more information as well. And you can like and follow my page on Facebook, Sex Here and Now. Thank you for listening, and as always, stay sex positive.